If you write down today's date in a certain order, you get four, three, two, one. And what are we counting toward? Well, if you like numbers, today's show is the one for you. But before we get to that, let's say it again as April 3rd, 2021. And I'm your host, Sean Tubbs, for another installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement. On today's show, the Blue Ridge Health District delivers more than 1,400 doses as Phase 1C opens, the latest from the UVA health system on the pandemic, and Virginia's vaccine coordinator provides an update on the Johnson & Johnson supply, which may be affected by a major mixing error. Today's anonymous support comes from something we'll call the Valley Research Center. And thanks to a generous contribution that provides much of the bumper music you're hearing on the program. This came in the form of a donation through the Zelle platform, and I am grateful for the support. On Thursday, the Blue Ridge Health District held another press briefing to explain how things would work as another phase of the vaccination schedule opens up. But first, Policy and Operations Director Ryan McKay gave some context on recent history. It's been really just over three months, maybe three and a half months since the vaccination campaign began, first with our healthcare systems in the health district. Um, and then in January, when we began as a health district, um, really vaccinating in earnest members of the community in phase 1A. As of March 31st, BRHD had administered 135,000 doses in the six localities under its jurisdiction, with nearly 50,000 fully vaccinated. We do know that there's approximately 200 to 205,000 individuals 16 and above who technically will be eligible at some point to get vaccinated. So we still have a ways to go. McKay said that a significant increase in doses was due to hit the district in April. A slide in the presentation listed about 14,620 first doses of both Moderna and Pfizer vaccines that will be available the week of April 5th. Um, I think maybe our increase is a little bit more than we anticipated. McKay said 4,000 doses of the one-shot Johnson & Johnson vaccine would be administered on Friday and Monday at the former JCPenney location. So we're beginning to see that significant increase that we need in order to um, move much more quickly in the vaccination campaign. On Thursday, the Blue Ridge Health District opened up to Phase 1C. Catherine Goodman is the communications manager for BRHD. So we are opening up to phase 1C. We want to make sure that everybody has the opportunity to schedule appointments. And so the VAM system has many appointments available over the next two months. There are plenty of appointments that we want people to get in there and schedule. Governor Ralph Northam said vaccinations will be open to everyone beginning on April 18th. But for now, it's the turn for phase 1C. The Blue Ridge Health District has officially launched today into phase 1C of our vaccine distribution. So this includes, as you can see, all of the individuals pictured here, everyone from restaurant workers to finance workers and other public figures and public, excuse me, public works uh, individuals throughout the community who are really important for our community to continue operating. Indulge me for a moment as I peel back the fourth wall just a little. About half an hour before the briefing began, I got an email from the Centers for Disease Control saying it was my time to schedule an appointment. I had pre-registered with the Virginia Department of Health a few weeks ago. 
and I asked at the briefing probably one of the most personal questions I've ever asked as a reporter. Sean Tubbs, you are on with the Blue Ridge Health District. Hey there, guys. How's it going today? Um, So I'm a little, um, something strange just happened. I just got a notification from VAMS at 1.30. I am not in a priority category. I now have an appointment for tomorrow at Fashion Square Mall. How did that happen? So all of the appointments that we're pulling right now are based off of prioritization in either phase 1A, 1B, or 1C. So it is likely that somehow in the information you shared, you fell into one of those categories. Media do fall into phase 1C. So if you indicated that as an option, that would be why. But we haven't sent it out to everybody just yet that's pre-registered. Goodman said the health district would be sending out notifications over the next week. Uh, We are working weekends at this point, so we will certainly send invitations out tomorrow and over the weekend as well. So if individuals in 1C don't hear from us, say, by mid to late next week, they should email or give us a call and we'll help them schedule an appointment. If you have not registered yet and you want a vaccine through the health district, register now. Phase 2 opens up on April 18th. That's going to be the way we know that individuals want to get vaccinated and how we would send you the invitation to create the account in VAMS and then schedule an appointment. The following day, the University of Virginia Health System held its weekly briefing for the press. Depending on supply, the Seminole Square Shopping Center is also ready to get shots in arms. Dr. Kosti Safri is the Director of Hospital Epidemiology. At full operation, we can vaccinate um, on the order of um, 14 to 15,000 people per week just at our Seminole Square location. In addition, we're um, still engaged in um, community outreach to provide vaccine elsewhere. Dr. Safri added the influx of new Johnson & Johnson doses will allow that number to be realized. We are hearing about and are anticipating increased allocations um, 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 from from, um, federal sources. And so we are looking at expanding our, our days of operation at Seminole Square One of the issues with moving rapidly to mass vaccination has been uncertainties in the supply line for vaccines. Dr. Safri said it has so far been difficult to schedule appointments several weeks into the future when you don't quite know what the supply will be. It's very difficult to do that two or three weeks from today because we, you know, have a um, don't exactly know how much vaccine that we'll have on hand. However, I think we're pretty confident at this point. Um, we're, we, we're not 100% confident, but we're pretty confident that we're going to be able to open up, you know, appointments that um, um, are going to occur later in, a, you know, several weeks, um, three or four weeks um, um, from, um, you know, in the future compared to what we've been doing in the past. Because, you know, there were some weeks that, um, you know, we had no new first dose vaccines um, um, that they, the, the supply to us was, was, was zero for a week. I think that we're past that point and we can uh, become a little bit more liberal. And I think that'll help um, everybody. It'll help us with our planning and it will certainly help people to be able to um, get their, their vaccine scheduled. Yesterday, the number of doses administered in the Commonwealth crossed the 4 million mark, as reported by the Virginia Department of Health. The seven-day average is now 73,218 doses administered per day. We're reaching a point where 35 um, to 50 percent of uh, of individuals have um, at least some level um, if not a high level of, of immunity to, to COVID-19. Um, so 
we're making some progress. However, that does mean that we still have something on the order of half the population that remains susceptible to COVID infection and to its serious consequences. One of the big questions is whether enough people will get vaccinated quick enough to avoid another surge. The number of new cases reported each day is still quite high, with a seven-day average of 1,415 a day. Today, the seven-day percent positivity continued its gradual climb and is at 6.4%. That metric was 5.7% a week ago. Dr. Safri said now is not the time to stop wearing masks and is not the time to stop doing all the other mitigation steps. I am concerned about a fourth wave. There are places in the U.S., um, in Michigan, around Detroit, and the New York City area where we are seeing increased case counts, um, and those have been trending up for the, ne- the last three to four weeks. Um, so so that's, uh, that is a concern. Um, uh, and the second issue is that we're seeing um, in Europe some significant um, increases in cases in different countries in Europe. Um, so, you know, I don't think um, um, we should anticipate that um, spring is going to be a respite from this. Um, it certainly wasn't um, a respite last year where we saw um, a significant wave of infection that occurred, you know, in April and May of last year. There's no reason to think that that couldn't occur now. On Friday, UVA President Jim Ryan announced that final exercises will be held in a modified manner on May 20th. All graduating students will have the opportunity to walk the lawn and process to Scott Stadium for their ceremony. Each graduate will be permitted two guests in Scott Stadium. Ryan said students who graduated from the class of 2020 will also have an opportunity to walk the lawn in a special ceremony on May 16th. A year ago, none of these events were happening. Dr. Sifri said as long as mitigation measures are taken, he is okay with final exercises proceeding. But you're going to be um, things like, you know, social distancing and wearing masks, you know, and limiting gathering sizes uh, that that we should be able to provide graduation and it should be a, a great experience. It's fortunate. You know, I, you know, uh, you know, whether um, if the weather will allow um, graduations occur outside, they occur with close family that are um, together. And so, if you know, you limit the sizes of groups and you um, um, uh, have social distancing um, and can do things outdoors, which um, allow things like viruses to disperse. And finally, in as you know, as much as possible, have people vaccinated. I'm one of those people who is now vaccinated. Knowing I would be getting my dose a few hours after that UVA briefing, I asked what side effects might happen with the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. They're, they're actually um, not too bad. It's, again, going to be, for the most part, local pain and discomfort at the injection site and some fatigue um, and, and perhaps um, a low-grade fever several days afterwards, uh, for, for, uh, for up to a several days um, after vaccination. As I record this, it's been about 27 hours. I woke up in the middle of the night with chills, a few digestion issues, and I've felt fatigue all day. I've slept on and off all day, but for the most part, I feel okay. Still reeling from the new information and wondering what this all means for our future. However, it's important to not get too far ahead of ourselves. At the time I was getting my shot, Virginia Vaccine Coordinator Dr. Danny Uvula was giving his own briefing, and there may be an issue with the Johnson & Johnson supply chain in the near future. Uh, we are waiting to hear the impact of the news from the Johnson & Johnson uh, production plant up in Baltimore on Wednesday. 
uh, you know, 15 million doses were sequestered as a result of poor mixing. And so I think those doses will be completely taken offline, uh, which means that the future delivery schedule of Johnson & Johnson is a bit up in the air. Uh, it does appear that our doses that are coming next week uh, will we'll still be coming, which is good news because that's over 200,000 doses that we were expecting and that, that we have ordered and, and will, be, will be coming in next week. Uh, I don't yet know what that will mean for future weeks. So we are eagerly anticipating updates from the federal government about Johnson & Johnson's production schedule. Dr. Avula said the goal is for Virginia to have 125,000 Johnson & Johnson doses per week. Beginning tomorrow, April 4th, Health districts across Virginia have permission to move into Phase 2. That doesn't necessarily mean people will get appointments right away. So that means open eligibility. It does not mean open pods. People won't be showing up for walk-in pods, but it does mean uh, that they will be able to openly self-schedule into appointments uh, regardless of any eligibility criteria. To be clear, Phase 2 will be open to everyone under the age of 16. Testing is still underway for vaccines in children. If you have not already registered, now is the time to do so, should you want a vaccine. And that's it for this pandemic installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement. I really do appreciate you taking a listen today, and we're going to do one more Patreon-fueled shout-out to somebody who wants to say once again... We keep each other safe, wear a mask, wash your hands, and keep your distance. I thank you very much for listening. Please send this on to somebody else you think might benefit from the information, which is everybody in Phase 2, Phase 1A, Phase 1B, Phase C. Let's consider it Phase Charlottesville Community Engagement. I'll be back in the near future with another installment. The next one coming out is the non-podcast version of the Week Ahead newsletter, a look into local government issues coming up in the next week or so. Thanks for listening. Stay safe out there and have a great April 3rd, 4th, and 5th. <laughs>